It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, Twins. Uh, twins win last night. A lot of fodder from from that game to get to. We have an immaculate grid. We will get to, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick at a scab here. We just came fresh off of a random Minnesota athlete of the week, a random twin of the week with Judd yeah. delivering the clues. And uh, he did you kind of dirty. I was born in 1985. You were born after 1987. I remember none of the 87 season. But uh, how do you feel about Judd telling you that you need to do a better job mm-hmm. of knowing who Twins players were before you were born? Uh, that you have a lack of appreciation for Twins history is what he essentially told you today. I think I can clap back in two different ways. It's too bad he's not on here for me for my rebuttal now that I can think about this. Uh, number well, this one. Is a safe sp- this is a safe space. It's a safe space for rebuttals and for eventually Twins optimism here because Judd's at Vikings practice while we record this. So I'll say this one thing. If, if he wants to clap me by, by baseball knowledge, uh, how about when we do Immaculate Grid, can you remember the fact that he has to play for a team and not ask every time? Does he, does he have to just pass through? <laughs> Which seems to happen about every third Immaculate Grid. It's like, yes, Judd, he has to play for the actual team. Uh, and then two, maybe... Um, Maybe I'll uh, do him dirty, and I will give a good Timberwolves guy in your wheelhouse for next week's random Minnesota athlete now that he uh, has handed the baton to me because I lost, yeah. and now he is now behind the eight ball. So uh, now he's really dug himself a hole. So I'm probably going to give a Wolves player, spoiler alert, <laughs> for next Wednesday on Minnesota athlete. That, uh, that makes Judd probably have no idea who it is. This is great. I'm, I feel like I am reaping the benefit of parents fighting here, that you guys are just going to go back and forth yeah. trying to screw each other in the random Minnesota athlete, I'm just going to pick up easy victories here uh, and extend my lead. So if you're, if you're looking to catch up on the drama <laughs> that is random Minnesota athlete, it's at the tail end of the write that down episode on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed and the score YouTube channel. So twins last night, it's hilarious. I think it was, a, it was the Monday episode. I there was it, or did we do, we did the immaculate grid on Tuesday. Is either the Monday or the Tuesday episode of the twin show. And, uh, I and we openly mocked and ridiculed Miguel Cabrera for just holding the Tigers' (laughs) entire organization hostage for multiple years. That he only has one home run on the season coming into last night. It's just like you want him in the lineup because he's an automatic out. And what does he do in the second inning? Just hits a tank for a two-run homer for his second homer of the season. And the and then that like it's in the sixth inning. You're like two hours into this game. The Twins are losing again to the Tigers. Freaking Miguel, the corpse of Miguel Cabrera with a two run homer. And he's even like laughing out there. Yeah. He he like he'll ground out and walk to first, and he's just laughing like ah, I make forty million dollars. Screw all of you. Uh, and then Royce Lewis comes in, little RBI single, and Matty Walner who struck out three times in the game, and I believe Dick Bramer characterized it as who cares for his third strikeout, hits a grand slam, gets a curtain call, yeah. and the Twins win 5-3. to three. Did I feel like we learned some things about the Twins last night. Yes. Jorge Polanco should be the second baseman. Mm-hmm. Royce Lewis, yep, he's back, gets on base a couple times. He's your third baseman. Matt Walner should be in the middle of your lineup. He, he just hits massive bombs. So I, I actually felt like it was a good learning game for the Twins last night. Uh, the thing that uh, epitomized me, or I, that I came to a realization, I should say, uh, after last night, and we've mentioned this a little bit, you know, we, we're waiting for guys like Carlos Correa potentially to come around. You know, we're waiting for these big veterans. Byron Buxton, is he going to stay on the field? 
if the Twins are going to make noise in a playoff game or win a playoff series, it's going to come from these young core players. It's going to come from Royce Lewis, Matt Walner, Alex Kirloff when he comes back from injury. It's very honestly reminiscent of, you know, the early 2000s teams that kind of took over the AL Central for years, you know, and Koski and Torrey Hunter and Jock Jones. And it's kind of similar to that, to be honest, where that new young court, the Twins either drafted or or built up basically or acquired at a younger age. And then they went through the minor league system. And now here they are batting in the middle and the top part of your lineup or contributing front end to your starting pitching. Um, that's how this team's going to win. It's not going to be Carlos Correa. Now, can Carlos, should Carlos Correa be able to run into a ball in the playoffs? Yeah, I hope so. I hope he doesn't ground to a double play like he did last night. That was a rally killer. But if the Twins are going to make noise, it's going to be from those young guys, which I think is probably the cool, probably one of the more cooler signs. Maybe the thing we don't talk about enough, you know, we ripped this team probably, we're definitely more critical of this team than most. But one of the probably cooler uh, facts of this season is the fact that these young players you're watching in Royce Lewis, Kirloff, Edward Julian, even kind of out of left field, has come completely out of nowhere, and those are the best players right now in the Twins lineup. Yeah, and that's why, and this is, you know, we love Judd, but Judd is the rain cloud on, Judd is is disgusted by this Twins team. They're underachieving. It's been, you know, three years of them not winning as many games as you want to, but I think you and I are still looking at the rest of the season as opportunity. And last night was a great example. The five runs that they scored to win the game in the bottom of the sixth inning were accounted for by two guys who weren't even part of the equation. I mean, Royce Lewis has been part of the equation. Just injuries have kind of knocked him down a peg. But Royce Lewis, Matt Walner. Matt Walner was outside looking in a couple months ago, you know, just pounding the ball in AAA. If those guys can keep clicking, stay healthy. And if Kirilov can get back in, and and he was one of your best hitters for you know several weeks, I think Julian as your designated hitter, maybe sometimes second baseman. I just I still look at this thing and call me naive, call me a homer. I don't care that they're only five games over five hundred. I don't care that they have lost a bunch of games to the Tigers and the Royals. I'm looking from this point going forward and into October. The bones of this team, especially if the young guys contribute the way that they are and get healthy, the bones of this team are really, really interesting. So that's really like they're going to win the division and and they're going to wind up playing, you know, a three-game wildcard series. And I just think we're still so far away from them showing us their peak version. Dude. And, my, and, and my thought is like, what if they give you their peak version at right. the exact right time? which they haven't done in 30 years. You know, we lament all these teams that are like, look at that. Oh, the 2006 team is probably the best twins team since 1991. Mm-hmm. And they gave you their best peak baseball from the middle of June, all the way through the end of the season. And then when it mattered, they gave you a fart noise and a yeah. dud. What if it's the opposite this time around? What if all of a sudden, Oh man, Buxton comes back in the last couple of weeks and he's feeling healthier than he has all season. And Correa shows up like, that could happen, and I want to leave that door open for the Twins. If it doesn't, we can rip the hell out of them the second week in October and talk about what to do in the offseason. But what if what if for the first time in this 20-year run of not winning playoff games, they flip the switch when they're supposed to? That hope still exists, I guess, as I watch this team. And when you look at the division-winning team, so like even 2019, 2010, um, those teams were in control and were mostly really just solid baseball teams throughout the course of the whole season, right? I mean, the Bomba squad won 100-plus games. 
In 2010, it was a little close with the White Sox, but mostly the Twins were in control of that division from start to finish. This has been a team that, yes, has been on top of the division, but it hasn't been taken seriously. Like, I think it's safe to say in 2019 and even 2010, you thought that that was a playoff team from, like, in the middle of May. You knew, like, this team's probably going to make the playoffs. It looks really good. They aren't disappointing. They aren't underachieving. They're who they're supposed to be. This team uh, has underachieved to a degree, obviously, throughout the first course of the season, but their pitching staff is really good. Their young players are coming up at the right time. And as cliche as it sounds, if you peak at the right time, that's really all that matters. And we've seen plenty of random teams in baseball history, even recently, that have gotten hot at the absolute right time that weren't great regular season teams. Uh, So I, I think if they can get right here and get healthy and get everything worked out, yeah, they have the bones to do it. Um, the, the the bullpen is, I think, probably the thing that still scares me the most. You know, Duran isn't as dominant maybe as he once was. He's still a really good reliever. He's the best reliever on the team. But there are some probably cracks in the armor there to a degree that you're probably going to need your starting pitchers to probably at least go six, if not seven innings in a playoff game, which they can do. Yeah, what is Duran gives up another one last night and... The, the tying run came up at one point in Miguel Cabrera. You're thinking like, all right, you already hit one home run tonight. Um, I don't know. What is like on a one to 10 scale, 10 being, oh my God, Mariana Rivera in a clutch spot, confident versus like a one being, you know, zero confidence. What is your confidence level in Duran right now? Mine's definitely not as high as it was to your point, but he is the best reliever on the team. I would say between a seven and an eight. So maybe even seven and a half. Um, yeah. It's weird because I think preseason, I probably would have given you like a 10. I would have said he's probably the, one of the best relievers in baseball. And this is where I, I'm a little confused why they didn't go out and get a reliever. I know um, the price for that kind of goes up at the trade deadline. And outside of Dylan Floro, who's mostly just a middle, like he's a low leverage guy. Uh, I don't, I, maybe he comes in and he's got playoff experience, which is great. I like that, but he's not scary. Uh, he, he's not going to be putting out fires, I guess, in, in the playoffs. They might have to rely on him at some point. But I would, win last night. I'd yeah, probably say seven and a half night. out of ten for for Duran right now. He's just um, it's weird because he throws gas, and Royce he talks about this all the time. It's like he gets in love with his breaking ball. It's like he just gets in gets super breaking ball happy, and his breaking ball is still plus stuff. It's not like it's a bad pitch, but when you're throwing like one hundred three, one hundred four, and maybe this is just me being naive baseball fan, why aren't you pumping that gas more often? Is it becoming too predictable to the hitters? Are they picking up on that more? I just, to me, it seems like he gets his own way sometimes. You know, so Morno kind of talked about that on the broadcast last night, and he brought up a good point, and he said, if a major league hitter knows you're throwing a fat, he goes, if if I'm facing a guy like Duran, I'm sitting on fastball because if I'm sitting on something else, it's impossible to adjust to a 102-mile-an-hour pitch. So you're sitting on fastball, and if you're sitting on fastball and you know that you're hunting a fastball, you can hit it. You can throw it out of a cannon and you can hit it. Joe, Joe Maurer had net bat when Araldis Chapman yep. came up like 10 years ago in Cincinnati. And he hit like a 103-mile-an-hour fastball. It was a double that was just long at bat. And I remember asking him a couple days later when they came back, I was covering the Twins beat, and I said, God, that at bat was incredible. I mean, how do you... He's throwing 104 miles an hour, and and Joe kind of shrugged, and he, you know Joe's also like going to be a Hall of Fame hitter, and he goes, you know I I knew that he wasn't throwing his breaking ball for a strike, and so I was just letting his breaking ball go and sitting on his fastball. If I'm if I'm sitting on his fastball, it doesn't really matter how hard he throws it; I can time it up. Yeah, 
So Morna was kind of saying that last night too, that it doesn't matter if you throw 105 miles an hour, major league hitters can time it up if that's the only pitch they're sitting on. So you have to throw breaking stuff. But I generally agree with you. It's like, dude, I would make them beat me on that pitch. Yes. Time and time again. And if if all of a sudden they start jumping it on the first pitch or whatever, then okay, maybe I have to make an adjustment. But I don't know. It's kind of a uh, another thing from a bullpen standpoint. Last night, Emilio Pagan has been pitching when the Twins have a close lead more often lately. Yeah. So he collected. He didn't have. I don't know if anyone really cares about the hold statistic. I don't really put stock into it. But a hold is when you come in in a save situation, hold it for the next guy to come in. Yep. And you don't give up the the lead. I don't think he collected a hold until like a month ago because they weren't putting him in in those seventh, eighth, ninth inning situations with a lead. He collected his sixth hold last night. So he comes in. They've got a five to two lead. I think he came in in the seventh inning. I just wonder, are they kind of creeping Emilio Pagan into one of their main three or four relievers at the end of a game? Hey, is he part of the bridge now? Do you trust him if he's part of the exclusive like three or four man God. pitching with a lead in the last three innings bridge? It, it looks like he's kind of graduated the, to that point. Uh, so I, I guess if you're looking at like a baseball bullpen pecking order in the playoffs, right? Like Duran's obviously number one. I think Griffin Jacks might be two. If mm-hmm. it's a lefty situation and, you know, there's a runner on second, I'm definitely going Caleb Fieldbar. Mm-hmm. Neil Barr's turned into a very good left-handed specialist, man. I mean, if if it's lefty on lefty, give me Caleb Fieldbar in a, in a tight spot. And I think Pagan's probably third or fourth in that pecking order right now. Um, he's looked good. Oh, man. I think I would start an inning clean with him. I wouldn't bring him in to put out a fire. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just, I, I worry that he's lulling you into a false sense of security oh, yeah. and you're going to bring him in with a four, two lead in the seventh inning of a playoff game or something. And he's going to go Pagan on you, give up a two run Homer. That's what I worry about here, but I don't know what their other, like you said, I mean, Floro, I think Floro is more reliable than Lopez was, but Floro is not a guy that's all of a sudden going to be, Oh my God, he's your eighth inning bridge guy. So just something to keep an eye on. The Emilio Pagan thing is something to, to keep an eye on for sure. Um, a shout out to you guys, the audience. We asked you on Monday. I believe uh, we we actually sort of kicked it off on the State of the Twins episode. The first annual Power of Sports fundraiser here at Score North, benefiting the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. And we asked you guys, can you help us raise $10,000 this week? We're already up to just under $11,000 after like two and a half days. So thank you for that. There's items you can bid on. There's items you can buy. So the right now, I, w- I would point Twins fans' attention to this. We would love to hang out with you. And again, all of this money benefits the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. We have 24 tickets available. 24 tickets available for the Saturday, September 23rd game. 110 first pitch against Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels. You can hang out with the Scornor Twins show on the Twins executive balcony. All right, this is an area of the ballpark. It's it's the executive balcony above left field mm-hmm. that you don't get access to unless the Twins give you access. So 24 tickets available. Um, it includes food. It includes soft drinks. And it includes hanging out 
for the day with the Scornar Twin Show. You can just buy those right now at scornarth.com slash bid. Scornarth.com slash bid. It's a fantastic place to watch a ball game. I think I've been up there twice yeah. in the 14-year history of Target Field. So we would we would love for you to join us for that on Saturday, September 23rd. Yeah, it's a great spot. And, uh, you know, you get to watch Otani. I think last year Judd and I went. And actually, I think we had to go up to the bar because uh, it was raining all day and stuff, too, which wasn't too fun. But getting to see guys like that, Trout, Otani, I know we always mock the Angels, but those are guys you really can't miss either from an opposing standpoint. You know, Judd, mm-hmm. Judd always mocks the, how come the schedule makers gave us the Royals on July 4th? Judd, it, it, it really doesn't matter in that realm. But in this area, you get to actually see two of the best pitchers or players in baseball. So, yeah, go check it out. Go help us out. It's also helping a great cause, too. So go help it out. Yes. So thank you, guys. All right. You want to do a little Immaculate Grid challenge here? Yeah, let's do this. Without the heritage knowledge of 70s and 80s baseball, we we might have to put an extra minute on the clock here. This Immaculate Grid challenge presented by our friends at Nutrisource, by the way. So Maya Mackey is currently, oh, she has moved from her napping spot to her look out the window spot. Uh, this is footage on the YouTube channel of Maya just absolutely bonkers excited for her Nutrisource chicken and rice food. Family owned for over 58 years. Make mealtime exciting and uh, make your dogs happy. Look at Vinny right there. Just what a good Nutrisource boy. He even takes his, my badge. Hey, I got your badge, so that means uh, come feed me. Come give me my Nutrisource, okay? I love it. Or I, I won't give your badge back. Yeah, well, I won't be able to get into work. And then security makes a fuss, even though they've seen me a thousand times. It's a whole dang thing. Vinny, I'll feed you your Nutrisource. Don't worry about it. And even Stella and Ryder at the Zolget house. Ryder gets to go to Judd's house. Me and Mackie are not allowed in Judd's house. That's because Never of Nutrisource uh, tweets. I've been only outside. I've had to drop something off for him. And if, I said, can I come inside? This will shock you. He said no. Yep. No, dude, I, we, I've known Judd for, for 16 years. 16 years. Never been to his house. Not one time. I'm going to invite you guys over to my house just to prove yes. a point here in the next you couple should. weeks. Come on, you hang should. out. Great. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. That's NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Also, uh, hey, Twins tickets, they're playing a ton of home games over the next several weeks. They're basically home almost the entire month of August. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got some some fun opponents on the horizon twins.com slash tickets twins.com slash tickets if you want to get out there twins are in first place all right they haven't been maybe running away with the division like everyone hopes but it's still uh i would say the best bar in the twin cities is target field so twins.com slash tickets okay let's put um six minutes on the clock here old dex tweets and here's how we're going to do this for the audio audience we need a White Sox who also played for the Padres, a White Sox who played for the Cardinals, and a White Sox who won 20 games in a season, an Astro who played for the Padres, an Astro who played for the Cardinals, and an Astro who won 20 games in a season. And then we need a Pirate who played for the Padres, a Pirate who played for the Cardinals, and a Pirate who won 20 games in a season. So this is, oh man, this is, we'll put seven, six minutes on the clock here. Maybe we'll ask for a bonus minute. Woof. Okay. Uh, Phil Nevin for, I think, Astro, who was a Padre. Padre. Okay. Pretty sure. Let's, let's, I'm just going to put, put that in our back pocket. Okay. How about um, the White Sox pitcher from those mitt? John Garland. Wasn't John Johnny Garland? Johnny Garland, yeah. Was a Padre, yep. right? It's a great one. I bet that's low as heck. John Garland. 
Oh, one. All right, one percent. I once got burned in a fantasy auction by throwing his name. I didn't want him. I threw his name. <laughs> he won twenty games the year before or something. I threw his name out for like oh forty God. bucks, and it was crickets. Uh, uh, let's. We want to knock out the twenty game winners. Yes. Who do you got for stocks? I'm trying to think here. Oh my God. I, th- I think the Jerry. I think Jack McDowell did it in the early 90s. Oh, okay, that'd be good. That's for me. But if, um, I don't know if Burley got 20. Uh, oh, dude, did Esteban Luizo win 20? That, like, one really good year he had with the, no, was he with the Royals? Oh, was he with the Royals or he was with the Sox? He was with the Sox. He was with the Sox. Esteban Luizo. He was with the Sox, and he was really good for a year. Let's do it. Let's take a shot here. Let's do it. Esteban. It's, it's, it's L O A. Right? Liza. Liza. Oh, yeah. 11%. Yes, dude. Eleven boy. Oh, eleven uh, percent. Pierzinski. Didn't he finish with the? He finished with the cards. Did he? Yeah. He backed I, up Yachty. He. I, I'm pretty sure he went to the Cardinals. He was with the. Stocks, I am not. I don't. I don't Giants, remember that. Twins. I don't remember that. Okay. Oh, um, let's sit on that. How about uh 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 Berkman? Astros. Lance Berkman. Lance cards. Berkman. That's a good one. Lance Berkman. Let's hide 33. That makes sense. 33%. I think that makes sense, though. He was. Um, what was that? Uh, didn't Ken, oh, what did Ken Caminiti? Didn't Ken Caminiti play for the Astros and the Padres? Ken. Sounds like a great name. That's uh, a C. Ken with a C. Uh, sorry. K E N and then Caminiti with a C. Caminiti. I'll take your word for it. Sorry if I'm wrong. There we go. 35. That's okay. 35%. Uh, did, he was a steroid guy in case you can't tell him that. Did Clemens photo. in his few years in Houston, did, did he get to 20? Man, Oswald? Oh Oz, I feel like Roy. Roy Oswald? Oswald, Oswald probably did, right? So Roy Oswald, let's just think here. Clemens. Um, the reason I mean, Nolan Ryan pitched for the, for the Astros way back in the day. I feel like, oh, dude, Dallas Keuchel. Verlander. Keichel. Did he win 20? Yeah, when he won the Cy Young. Let's Drew do both it. Let's go with it. I'm bad with 20-game winners because, like, especially modern because it doesn't happen very often. Nice job, dude. Four. Plenty of time here. Three minutes left. We need four squares. We must go nine for nine to be immaculate. Okay, Pirate, who was a Padre. McCutcheon oh, never played boy. for the Padres. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is where I need to think in the 90s. Um <laughs> Did Actually, Doug Drayback play for the Padres? Oh, uh, first for Cardinal and Pirate, I'm pretty sure didn't Denny Nagel pitch for Denny Nagel pitched for yeah batter Zach. I think Zach Duke, the reliever the Twins had, he was with the Pirates for a while. He was actually good with the Pirates, and then I feel like one cards too. That might be one. Um, Zach Duke, yeah, the lefty hander, left hander the Twins had in their bullpen like four years ago. Okay. He was a good. Uh, he was Cardinal and Pirate. He was for sure a Pirate. And I think he was a Cardinal. I think he went to the Cardinals either before or after. Wait. If you're confident, let's rock and roll. Um, I'm who? who uh, let's let's do it. You got a hunch? One percent. One percent. Nice job, dude. Okay, we need a Cardinal who was a White Sox. We need a 20 game winner who was I a Pirate. Do not have. The slightest. I've brought up Doug Drabeck's name a number of times. He was really good in the '90s. I don't know if he won 20, but oh you. God, and I don't think Garrett Cole did it. I think Cole is like a 16, 8. He wasn't at his peak. 
when he's yeah. in Pittsburgh. I don't know that the you'd have to go way back yeah, with some man. of these pirates. I have no idea. Those those teams that won the World Series in like what the seventies? I don't even know. I don't know guys. pitchers on those teams. Jeb would know, but I don't. Um, let me try. Burp, wait, Burp, didn't Burp, Burp Lylevin? Didn't Burp Lylevin pitch on the Pirates back in the day? You try Burp. Hold on. Try it. Oh, God, but did he? I don't know if he won. I would I would actually, if a like, gun to the head, I would guess Doug Drayback here. D-R-A-B. I don't know, man. That's probably wrong, but. Oh, yeah. Let's go. 52, that means they have like three historically, yeah. right? Yeah, probably. Um, 52%. I like Pierzynski for this. Should I do it? Unless there's Let's someone do it. else. Um, I can't think of anyone else, and we have less than a minute. Come on, one time. Dude. Oh, look at this. Okay. Oh, we have uh, 40 seconds left for a Padre who was a pirate. A Padre who was a pirate. Oh. Garrett Jones? Did he play for oh, the Padres man. at the end? That would be an incredible pull. Did Heath Bell go to the Pirates? Oh, Heath Bell for sure was Padres. Yep. Trevor Hoffman went to the Brewers after the Padres. Um, man. What about, uh, did Buck, so Buck Buchanan, that Twins oh player, God. he went to the Padres. Huge forearms. Did Pat Mears play for the Padres? Holy cow. We got options. Who do we want to go with here? I don't think this is an Edwin one. I think Edwin did pitch for the Padres. I don't think he was a pirate. Let's go Garrett Jones. Right, dude. Come on, one time. One time. Garrett Jones. It's two hours. Right? Garrett Jones. We're clocked in. One time. Come on. Oh, dang it. God. Oh. Ah. Oh, Rich Hill. Rich Hill. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought of that. that. That We should probably add the Rich Hill to the... Uh, he even was, yeah. he was quoted the other day because he got traded at the deadline. And he's like, he has a... I think he's pitched for like 10 teams. We should add that to the... Uh, oh, David the list, Freeze. Man. What was the what were the percentages? If the you go lowest down? ones were Pirates 37% for 20-game winner. Coin then, flips for actually a lot of And then of these. Astro Padre was the... Yeah, there was a lot of coin flips. Who were some of the other? Can you click on some of the other pirate padres? The fact that Rich Hill is the most popular is interesting pirate to me. Padre. Dude, the pirates have had 31 20 game winners. If you go back far enough, though, like guys pitched 50 starts in a year back in the day. Uh, so recently, Josh Bell, uh, Adam Frazier, um, kind of like current that. players, Jordan Lyles, Trevor Cahill. Yeah, I don't know. Je- oh, Jeff Supon. Soup. Uh, These are all really obscure. Kevin, dude, Kevin Correa, Kevin Correa. Went to thought of that. Uh, Kevin Went Correa. To of that. Man, wow. Oh, all right. Well, eight for nine. Okay, we live to fight another day at least on the Immaculate Grid Challenge. Stop. Hey, Kyle and I did. The basketball immaculate grid. Oh, nice. We went nine for nine yesterday on flagrant howls. So, and I already did it, but the Vikings are featured on today's football oh, immaculate grid. Nice. People are pining for us to include that one too. So, we might have to mix in some immaculate grid on Purple Daily once in a while. But anyhow, all right, nice work. You had a couple nice pulls there for sure. 
I'll try to do better next time. This is the Score North Twin Show, where we just want the Twins to win one damn playoff game. Come on.